0: Today, I'm speaking with Nathan Eckel, host of Be The Talk Podcast, a show which serves as a fascinating look behind the curtain of new idea platforms like TED, in order to discover how the most impactful speakers and presenters find their voice. This is the Supergivers Podcast. Okay, so Nathan Eckel host of be the talk podcast thank you so much for joining me today
1: well no problem at all jesse it's actually an honor and a privilege to be here with the other super givers and i love what you've done with your podcast
0: thank you yeah so for the people getting to know you the first time um, i'd love for you to introduce yourself and your work for me
1: well sure uh, jesse so i i've run the seven day a week be the talk podcast and uh, I interview the best speakers of uh, of what I call the branded stage. Uh, most people would think TED or TEDx or Q or Idea City, uh, but I interview them seven days a week, uh, including one of your prior guests, Leanne Mallet, which was one of my favorite interviews of all time, must say. And uh, I, I basically want to hone the tips, tools, and techniques to help everybody who wants to get on that stage, spread their message, and make an impact even more on the world. That's what I do seven days a week.
0: All right. So that's, that's an awesome layup for me. I, <laughs> I, that's what I'm curious about. What's behind you wanting to support everybody having a voice in this way? Why do you think that's so vital?
1: Well, digging deeper, I just felt like... Um, I I I got to think of my friend Deb who is a uh, TEDx organizer in the Dakotas and she reached out to me when we were messaging back and forth about a year and a half ago I had that very thing as a bucket item I wanted to give one of these talks and she really planted the first uh, seed she said email me your idea worth spreading Nathan and I'll spread it to my team and and we'll see where it goes and uh it just took a very small action, but then I started honing that idea, and I was able to achieve that goal about one year ago, and uh, it was a real clean um, accomplishment in 2017. And I love nothing more than helping other people who have amazing ideas worth spreading to be able to get on this stage and this platform To make the world a better place and to become, uh, you know, be be in a place where they don't have to, frankly, shout as loudly to get noticed. Uh, The the power of the stage and the power of YouTube and their channel to do that is uh, pretty remarkable. So and it's something very, very doable.
0: Yeah. and And I'm noticing as you're saying that, I'm sure we both share a similar assumption that many others share that there is something really powerful and positive about Using uh, the platforms we have in this day and age. Can you do you have any insight as to whether or not that's true and to what extent it is true that uh, platforms like TEDx and the others that you mentioned actually do change the world?
1: Well, uh, we've got our favorite talks out there. So, uh, I mean, we we all think about uh, Ken Robinson's uh, talk on uh, education and why we need to uh, modify that system and, and the genius and the brilliance within all of us or Simon Sinek uh, famously um, uh, backward engineered uh, Steve Jobs presentation in his uh, start with why speech I mean there there are some of these talks and really, there, there are so many of the talks that uh, without the ability to promote them, a lot of them do kind of go off in obscurity if, if, if we don't partner and, uh, and do what we can with our own tribes. Uh, but at the same time, Jesse, it gives us a powerful rallying cry to galvanize those who are friends, fans, and even family to really help us spread our message and make an impact uh, on the world.
0: Yeah. I I love that those references. I I remember that Ken Robinson one and the cynic one, and a lot of people in my world know that Brene Brown sort of launched herself
1: absolutely in, in
0: her shame talk. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So there's lots of anecdotal evidence there. What what in your experience of working with speakers who are trying to um, become accepted, what have you seen most gets in? Uh, how do they how do they most get in their own way?
1: Oh. Well, hey, the <laughs> we all get our in our own way, uh, Jesse. I think the, the the I've counted up and I've had the the ability to kind of step back from my own experience, looking at other people's experiences. And I've identified like nine different roadblocks that we all have to get past. And it starts with simply. Uh, I call them ignorance roadblocks, not that to imply that anyone isn't smart or intelligent, but we don't know what we don't know. And the simplest thing is just simply not knowing how to start, where to apply, when to apply, and finding that window where before they, uh, an event is actually selling tickets uh, and finding that, that unique uh, timing window, it really starts uh, finding the time when they are looking for us as speakers. And then it goes through all kinds of other uh, roadblocks uh, up until the point where uh, we might be auditioning. And sometimes the audition is successful, but we still don't know until uh, many times weeks afterward, and it might be successful, it might not be successful. And if it's not successful that time, there's all kinds of opportunities for us to get in our own way with the stories that we tell ourselves. And just think uh, American Idol, uh, without the talking back on the microphone uh, to the judges. We don't get to do that. So there's there's all kinds of stories that get in the way. I've counted up like nine roadblocks in between. The good news is once you understand what to expect and once you're honing these ideas, you can overcome all of them. If you're just simply persistent like you would be if you're changing jobs or getting into uh, uh, graduate school or or uh, uh, baccalaureate uh, uh, college. Hmm.
0: So you're saying a lot of it is about approaching, approaching, becoming a speaker in this way, uh, or at least for these platforms, with um, persistence of action and, and rigor of practice, and um, just being like really, I, as you're saying it, I imagine somebody just sort of being unwavering in their commitment, much like successful people who find employment just need to kind of stick with it, right?
1: Well, Napoleon Hill said it best. I mean, he wrote Think and Grow Rich, and he had an entire chapter that takes about 25 minutes to to read through if you're reading quickly, uh, an entire chapter on persistence. Mm. And every time that you hit the wall, there's, if you find it, if you look for it, there's the seed of an equivalent advantage. And uh, I mean, it's all about persisting. And, uh, it's about pivoting in our modern day. I mean, to borrow a little bit from the startup theory of, of, uh, small businesses, uh, that are happening all over the place, we, we do need to pivot. We do need to look at what we're doing, what's not working, make small adjustments, but it is about persisting and, uh, it is very, very doable. It's a democratic stage. You read the book from uh, the curator of Ted himself, and he just keeps pressing this point across that every one of us have ideas worth spreading. We all have experiences, and they're all potentially stage-worthy ideas.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, that, that's that's in the original value system. Have you seen, I, I don't know if this is beyond your scope or not, I wonder if you can speak to how well the Ted stages and those like it um, really provide equal opportunity for people across uh you know race gender class things like that
1: well that's a great question uh jesse i mean I what i know is this i mean it's a democratic stage it's also and this may not make complete sense to everybody but it's it's a meritocracy so the ideas really need to hold merit and that being said the organizers who run these different events locally, uh, they all are affiliated uh, with TED. They all have to have the the same basic values. But within those basic values, there are all kinds of different formats. And so, I mean, there there are some events that are held uh, within jails, uh, for example. Uh, and and uh, there are others that are dedicated to, to business or startups or uh, education or many that are held uh, even in your local library. Cool. So they've really done everything they can to uh, to make it very diverse and to open it up. But at the same time, it's it's like having a podcast. If you have a lot of people listening to your podcast, it's because you've earned that stage. It's because you've Uh, produced and done the work and found your audience and and really met their needs and there are a lot of similarities to that with getting accepted and then giving a really well-crafted idea we're spreading from the stage
0: Hmm. so can you say more a little a little bit more about what makes it a democratic stage
1: oh sure um jesse it's just the the value system of the founders I mean, I've got it right here. Um, Chris Anderson's book, uh, TED Talks. It's a great read. It's a very simple read. It's a relatively fast read, and I mean, he's he's laying out the value system of TED to uh, give this uh, platform uh, on a merit by merit basis to anyone with ideas worth spreading. And simply, you know, certainly. Uh, event to event, there are different criteria, different subject matter. There are different specifications, but you know, in theory it is democratic and, uh, that, that is a broad, broad platform for all of us. We just have to find, we have to be tenacious enough to find the right event for us.
0: Hmm. Yeah. It makes me curious to know more about how people get access to the application and even the the awareness that a talk is happening, like, you know, just who has that information and how are those pathways disseminated? When when you talk about expanding the concept of mm-hmm. meritocracy and, and democracy, I know I know we're not we don't we're not here to talk all about Ted, but it, it gets me really interested. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, and that's that's what I've been doing. I've recorded just under 300 episodes at this point, and uh, I've been pivoting more and more to this idea of not just celebrating the people that have come off the stage, but really returning to the original uh, goal, which is to help people get accepted. And so one of the first things that I teach is that uh, even though it's democratic, uh, again, it's it's that double-edged uh, sword because it's a meritocracy. And if you are, you know, if I'm waiting for the opportunities to come to me instead of going out there and finding out where to find them and finding the right timing and being a little tenacious, then I, you know, unless I am, you know, a local celebrity or built some kind of local business and, and am al- already someone that people will be inviting on their stage, uh, if if I'm not someone that noteworthy, I'm not going to have that many opportunities coming to me. So that's okay. I can go to them. And one of the simplest things that we can do, uh, one thing is uh, just a couple of practical things. You can go to TED.com. You can set up your own profile. You can find all kinds of events that are happening. Uh, Now, a lot of times you'll find them in the window that is a little too late uh, unless you want to buy tickets, which there's nothing wrong with supporting your local event. But uh, a better place to go is Google and just search locally for different TEDx's or whatever kind of uh, other branded talks are out there. And with a little persistence, you'll be able to quickly scan and find the ones that are maybe six to nine months out and those are the ones, Jesse, that are going to have a call for speakers or a link to apply online or submit a video or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the, the the great thing about this is after you hone these habits into your life, if, if you're really committed to being on that stage and you just keep at it week after week after week, uh, it doesn't take too long. If you're tracking where you're applying and the places that you just missed the window for or whatever – Uh, Another year will go by or even three or four months will go by. And some of those places that you first found that were looked totally closed and they weren't accepting any speakers, they're going to start opening up. You can uh, another great way to uh, to uh, do it is just to be friendly and add value and do a little bit of volunteering and, and get to know who some of these teams are. They're all volunteers. Get to know the organizers. They might know other people and that might be a match so there's all kinds of things to happen but it's it's like a lot of things in our society if if you sit back and wait for the opportunities to come even though they're in theory democratic uh the the d- democratic opportunities favor the people that are go-getters and find out how to be resourceful and then go after those opportunities with tenacity
0: yeah i appreciate you saying that because i think you know that i'm i'm weighing in my mind how much of this this conversation we're having is about social consciousness. And that's a big theme in my show. And, you know, it's it's really present in our political climate right now. And and as you're saying all that, I'm, I'm realizing exactly what you just said, that all of that presumes that somebody has access to the internet as a basic, or even more deeply, a belief about themselves that they have an idea worth spreading. And and this, this may, again, be beyond the scope of our conversation and your work, but feel free to chime in if you have something. So I'm, I'm curious about how, yeah, like how the underserved and the, and the under esteemed are, you know, connected with the belief that they have an idea worth spreading. It's, it's clear to me there's a path for people who feel they belong, but on a larger social voice scale, just beyond even the TEDs of the world. How do we support those in need of a voice who don't even necessarily feel like they have a right to one?
1: Well, that's a great question, Jesse. I mean, I, I just wonder. Um, I'm, I'm kind of putting a little bit of a tweak on your question, but I I don't know of any other um, any other stages or or uh, formats of its kind that would give a voice to the voiceless um, other than this kind of a stage. I don't know of, uh, and I'm thinking of of some of the uh, The talks that have happened, I had, uh, I believe, uh, Mark, uh, uh, Mark, who's a uh, organizer in Southern California, just had one in a prison and, uh, you know, went into the prison. Uh, Obviously, when you think about it, had to shift some mindsets uh, to go to these people who are either, you know, um, uh, 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 many times unjustly, sometimes legitimately in there. Uh, and shift their mindsets, whatever their story is, to let them know that they did have ideas worth spreading and to give them that platform to do that. I just don't know anybody else other than maybe a reality show or some other uh, format like that that, that may be um, less than um, – uh, uh, above board, uh, as a lot of the reality show that we see. I just can't think of any other platform that does that for people at all.
0: It's interesting. I just got finished listening to um three-part series in Malcolm Gladwell's Revisionist History, and he, he does this really pretty interesting in-depth um, review about access to education and outreach in higher education, specifically around endowment-based schools and what they're doing to, to access lower income students who have the potential to be top performers and to create, obviously, support diversity in their student bodies. Yeah, so it, remi- it, it makes me think, wow, I wonder if there, and there probably is, like I wonder if there's somebody out there who's, whose idea worth spreading, so to speak, is the ability to create outreach for the voiceless uh, for stages like this. Yeah.
1: Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm convinced of it. I, I know locally, um, near where I live, there was a youth event not very long ago. And uh, this will hopefully warm your heart a little bit. Uh, this youth event, it was at a very, very exclusive, expensive, uh, private school for girls. And uh, the good thing about it, I mean, half of the participants in the event were students at the school. Half were from uh, disadvantaged backgrounds and uh, and they were able to share their stage and every other student was a student at this school and every other student was from a more um, inner city or, or uh, um, a public school background. And they were in a special program that does that very thing, Jesse, really recognizes some of the star players that don't have the advantages that other people do. And I'm sitting there uh, because I I, at that time I was very involved, uh, you know, just behind the scenes as a as a sponsor at one point and then more uh, likely a volunteer and someone that was helping to produce some of these things. I sat back. You couldn't tell. Who was who, if if you had a blindfold on, you wouldn't know the difference between someone who had. Great ideas who came from the privileged background with the advantages and all that, and then the next student come up and they're giving equally authentic, equally worth spreading, equally world changing stuff and fiery too. These kids were <laughs> absolutely fired up, and man, I I can't think of a, a better feel good moment uh, than that. So uh, that's uh, th- these things are happening, and the beautiful thing about what TED's done. Uh, Ted specifically, there are other branded uh, talks out there, but they 've just given uh, qualified organizers who have been with them long enough to uh, to build their track record they 've really given them a, an enormous amount of latitude to be able to curate these kinds of programming and really give everybody an opportunity so that actually now that i 'm thinking of it this was this was a couple of years back, but I mean absolutely we uh, we were able to give a voice to all kinds of kids from all kinds of different backgrounds. And everybody, just everybody got an A plus on that. They really did tremendously. Wow. Appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. It does well, warm, warm my heart. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I remembered it. It's yeah. <laughs> like, Hey, I, that's, I, I know this is happening. I'm, I'm glad I remembered that, uh, that memory because I, I spent a lot of time uh, behind the scenes on that one. And, uh, and that was buried a little bit, <laughs> right on, right on. Great things happening all over the place. We, we just have to look.
0: Yeah. 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 So I know you mentioned, you know, wanting to share some of the steps I'm wondering, um, if you're willing to, you know, if it fits for you to share a little bit about some of the, maybe an inspiring client you've had or an example of persistence or some of the, some of the key points that you want people to understand about this process.
1: Well, sure. I'll tell you uh, what I what I hope is a very quick story. <laughs> I'll try to make it quick. The the last time I was giving an interview, I'm I'm not on this side of the microphone too much, so I always get a lot more nervous when I'm on this side of the microphone being interviewed, uh, as opposed to interviewing all kinds of people back to back. But uh, my friend Ricky uh, was interviewing me, and he's a digital nomad. He's all over the world uh, interviewing and, 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 uh, wanted to talk with me about this very same thing, getting accepted. And, uh, I told him, uh, some of these steps and, uh, he basically, uh, said, well, where, where is this course that you have? And I said, well, we're beta testing it. And he got, uh some he basically called my bluff because at that point I didn't have it completely launched he in a matter of minutes <laughs> had a whole bunch of people that wanted into this course and then we we launched this course and I built out these 5 Habits. Now, the part that Ricky's going to, uh, if he ever hears this interview, he's going to not be happy with me, because Ricky took bold action, and because Ricky had some, you know, some dynamics uh, working for him. Uh, one be- was that he was living abroad, and he looked abroad in his general neighborhood abroad, found an organizer, reached out to that organizer, and was absolutely floored. As I was when that organizer looked up Ricky's brand as the digital nomad, saw all the great content that he had, saw that he was temporarily living uh, in the same country and accepted him as a speaker on the spot (laughs) one day into this course. Now, that is not a typical result. Uh, But it just goes to show, uh, you know, it's it's democratic opportunities, but we have to take action. And the uh, the privilege is going to uh, fall on the side of those of us that really lean in and take action. So that's a little bit of a story. Hopefully, wets people's appetite? Uh, If you like, I can go into the five simple habits that will sooner or later get you on that stage if you don't give up.
0: Let me uh, challenge you if you're open to it. Mm -hmm. What, what are the habits that you believe, um, just apply that's, that's great if they apply to the stage application and then also to just people taking action in their lives in general and to, you know, the, the habits that help people really speak up boldly and courageously as, as I'm imagining it sort of takes some courage and boldness to, to do what you're having your clients do.
1: Well, it certainly does take a lot of boldness. And so one of the things, um, that we need to do, and we, we turned it into a hashtag. Uh, we call it crush the camera. One word, crush the camera. So we have a very powerful weapon in our heads. It's our brain. <laughs> we have a weapon. Uh, it's our tongue. And then we have a really powerful weapon in our pocket, and it's our phone with the camera on it. And one of the first things that we all have to do, Jesse, uh, and, and let me know if you're the exception to this role, but I, I know for me, I'm definitely not. I still – hate the way I sound on recordings. I know it sounds very strange, but I still think, you know, uh, it's it's kind of uh, muted out uh, through use and through desensitization. But, you know, I don't think any of us really like the way we sound on recording or the way we look. Right. And that is really one of those roadblocks that we have to get around. And this is about just being able to articulate ideas we're spreading. And I'm not talking necessarily about the ones that you want to apply to be on a stage. I'm, I'm talking about ideas we're spreading for justice, ideas we're spreading to stick up for other people when they're being downtrodden or bullied or accused or, or whatever it might be. Uh, we have to develop that ability to quickly articulate. And we do that through uh, crushing the camera. And, and so what that looks like Uh, is just simply pulling the camera, pulling the phone out of our pocket and the unique thing that I do that I'd never heard of before, but just, um, because of my background, I know that shorter, uh, is better. And I know that if we can compress our video down to about 10 seconds or less and just iterate a thought and then review the recording and then repeat it again for 10 seconds. We're going to very quickly be able to hone our languaging, hone our ideas, and as those uh, those brain patterns and those those connections happen uh, linguistically and uh, in the brain. It actually frees up. I don't really know exactly the science behind this, but it frees up space in our brain the same way that, you know, as as you're podcasting or if you're giving a presentation or whatever it might be, it frees up Your brain as you articulate these things so that your brain can have new insights and new connections and new ways to self-edit, to say more in less time. And so that iterative process of just recording for 10 seconds, reviewing it and repeating is the most powerful habit that any one of us can do to Other than just having the grit to keep trying and keep picking ourselves up and trying again That's that's another piece But the, this really where it starts is just honing our languaging and our ideas in ten seconds or less
0: Awesome, so essentially the iterating part is to is to try to Get to the core of your truth as you're reviewing it. You're iterating it down into a clear concise idea
1: Exactly, Jesse.
0: Okay, so people listening at home right now, you can take out your phones and
1: mm-hmm.
0: try that 10-second recording of an idea, review by listening, and then respond with a – just it's like a real chiseling uh, process, it sounds like.
1: Well, and it's beautiful because uh, when I see people taking action – and this isn't even something that's that's in the course, but I want to do all – I, I want to bring out some of these – uh, superpowers, uh, these, these extra tools, uh, and really, you know, uh, be, be a super giver. I, I love to get out some of the, the mind mapping software that I have and put them on the spot, do a little Facebook live, and then actually let them go for a whole minute. Whoa, a whopping whole minute and, and say whatever's on their heart along those lines for a minute. And then I start mapping that stuff out and then I can start maneuvering all the little nodes, uh, so that they they completely become categorized. And, uh, you know, it, it's just amazing some of the, the tools that we have at our disposal to build clarity and uh, get through uh, many times its emotional blocks, the fear of being misunderstood, the fear of people blocking you out and just staring at you in dif- disbelief. Some of the, sto- <coughs> excuse me, some of the stories that I hear and some of the the, the talks that I map out from people, they've been through life and death, uh, near death experiences. They've had really powerful awarenesses that it's almost incredulous. And for a number of people, they're, they're so, um, legitimately afraid of saying things in a way that loses people or they, they, you know, they don't believe them or they call their bluff or something like that. And that creates a block. So by mapping these things out and by taking people that are taking action and then going around to the emotional uh, piece of why there's a block and what, what you're afraid of, what's the greatest fear and how do we overcome that by being concise and also just the power of believing in people that can accomplish an enormous amount of good. And it, it's really gratifying to, to do that with people.
0: I know you have a hard stop in a minute. Is there anything that you'd like to make sure you get to speak on before we end?
1: Uh not really. I think I think we're uh really touching a lot of these people, uh th- these these uh pe- principles for people and uh you know, I I just want to uh encourage people uh don't discount yourself. You belong on that stage. You have ideas worth spreading. The head of TED himself, Chris Anderson says so. Look for opportunities, whether it's a branded stage or some other stage, to share your impact and and make a difference for other people.
0: Would you be willing to give a 20-second, um, yeah, just an overview of what Be the Talk podcast is? Because I don't think we touched on it.
1: Oh, sure. Well, we did briefly, but it's a daily podcast, seven days a week, and I feature uh, a different alumni of the stage and I'm mining for the tips, tools, and techniques that will help you be able to give the talk to change the world. And uh, there's also a blitz round in there where we actually talk very rapid fire uh, about the preparation and performance of that talk as well. And uh, yeah, Leanne's uh, episode, Leanne Mallet, one of your guests, is on there. And there are just a whole bunch of amazing uh, people on that podcast.
0: Awesome. <clears throat> yeah. So if you, if you're curious about what Nathan does and you want to hear more about it, sounds like go check out, be the talk podcast. You can hear actual, uh, alumni of, of these branded speaking engagements, uh, interviewed insights, learning about what it takes and, um, yeah, who they are. Well, thank you so much for coming on, uh, Nathan. I really appreciate you sharing and, and thanks for supporting the important ideas and voices in the world.
1: Jesse, it's been a privilege. Thank you so much.
0: You can connect with Nathan's podcast by looking up, be the talk wherever you get your podcasts. My question for you is this, if you believed you had the whole world as your undivided audience for 10 seconds, what would you say? This has been the Super Givers Podcast, and I'm your host and producer, Jesse Johnson. To hear past episodes, you'll find the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. If you're inspired enough to write a brief review on one of those platforms, please do. They help. You can learn more about me and my work at supergivers.com. Thanks for listening.